You're listening to the podcast of River of Life Christian Fellowship in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. Amen. All right, open your Bibles. Oh yeah, we've got some cool things going on. We'll we'll, we'll um, announce it more as we go along. On October the second, Saturday night here at the church. There's going to be a group here. We're going to, we're going to have a, our gathering that we have periodically. And I want to encourage you this, uh, to, to come to these. Uh, invite people that love to worship because uh, radiant worship is going to be here. I mean, that's not an what are you going to, adjective. Uh, that's a band. That's a group. That's a worship. I don't know if you ever heard of IHOP. Uh, they're stationed out of IHOP in Kansas City. Uh, I've, we've been around them for many years and uh, the drummers a personal friend of ours has been through our Wednesday night classes <laughs> you know so uh, you, it, is the pastor or the anyway tied in with the church we came from and they're going to be here Saturday night um, October the 2nd and October the 3rd they'll be leading us in worship here in the sanctuary and bringing the message and uh then Sunday after the service, they're going to get with the worship team and just uh, talk about worship in general and that kind of thing. Uh, we, we don't do that. Now, we'll do this even if nobody comes. Because I believe in the doing of it, we are, that there's warfare, there are things happening in the spirit that we don't even know about. So we're going to worship God on Saturday night, the second, October 2nd. It would be great if people were here to join us. It would be wonderful. But we're going to do it anyway. Amen? <clears throat> Amen? Amen? Amen. Is that the right date? Are we, we got a date issue? Okay. All right. Oh, anything else I need to announce before we go any further? God is good. All the time. All right. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews. And I I'm just so thankful for the prophetic gift uh, that is in our church. Um, uh, I thank you for the confirmation of the word that I was given this morning. Uh, thank you for being all those that participated. Thank you for your, your faithfulness in, in being led by the unctioning of the Holy Spirit. Uh, without a doubt, I look back at, uh, I can look back at every week and I, every week that we've had, every service where we've had participation other than me, where you got involved in the service, where you got involved with a, a testimony or a word or a, 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 you know, something, you, you, you magnified God in a way where you came up and activated one of the gifts of the Spirit, those services are the greatest services that we've had in seven months. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's not about me preaching the word. Because I, I mean I can do it. I can, I can do it all day. Any day. And every day. But it's when the people get involved with the word. It's when, it's when all. The word came forth. It's when all. When all. You didn't think I heard you. It's when all. Are in one accord. Oh. I'm getting goosebumps already. It's going to happen. Come on. Come on. Turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. 
Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your, your presence this morning. I thank you that you have empowered us with your word. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are the great teacher of your word. And, and you're going to open the eyes of our understanding. You're going to make things clearer than we've ever seen it before. We're going to know things that we, that we knew, but we're going to have revelation knowledge of those things. We'll know those things in your word in a way as the prophetic came forth this morning and the, the picture was seen of the word getting up and walking. And as the word began to walk, the word of the Lord being heard, that is the rhema word. I thank you for the rhema word that you're going to speak to us, just not today, but every day of our life as we continue to grow confident in you and trusting in what you've already done. And knowing that you will perform it in us. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Last, two, last two weeks we've been talking about uh, magnifying the Lord out of Psalms 34. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together with us. You know, talking about I will bless the Lord at all times in verse 1. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It needs to be a continual ongoing every day, just not at Sunday worship service experience. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Talking about magnifying and, and that whole aspect. That is one of the most simplest things you can do in your life. On Wednesday night we talk about how the, the word's not going to happen to us by osmosis. There are things that we are called to do that will help us experience the very life of God. See, Lazarus was already dead. Lazarus was already dead. And Jesus called him forth. Jesus had to do something that nobody else was doing. Everybody else had already accepted the normal circumstances. God's looking for people to stand up and do what other people aren't willing to do. To believe what other people aren't willing to believe. But guess what happened as soon as Lazarus came out of the grave? Ah! It got some attention. I believe the Word is going to begin to get people's attention when they see the Word coming alive, coming out of the grave in you. They're going to see a change in you. They're going to see a confidence in you. You're going to begin to ask the question, well, what if it does work? What if it does? All right. Hebrews chapter 10. This morning we're going to be talking about confidence. Because it's something we need to have as believers in our everyday walk, our everyday life. Verse 32, But recall the formal days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. Partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. In other words, they joined forces or they, they, they came together with other people that were being persecuted, even if they weren't. They stood together. They didn't let them be persecuted alone. And that's powerful. You need to start that. That, that right there is community. 
that right there is family. When someone in the body of Christ is going through a struggle, don't let them go through it alone. That really doesn't need any elaboration. That is really self-explanatory. Well, what kind of trouble? It doesn't matter. Trouble is trouble. Thank you. That's a good word. Trouble is trouble. How do you spell it? Same way. You can do it with all capital letters or all lowercase letters. It doesn't matter. Trouble is trouble. When you know of someone that's going through something, don't let them do it alone. Okay, that's the word. Anyway. Yeah. And don't you go through it alone. You're supposed to share your burdens one with another and pray one for another. You share your burdens so it's not so heavy for you. When you go through something and you don't have faith, you get around people that do have faith, they will encourage you and strengthen your faith. I'm going to preach on faith, so we're going to go on. Verse 34. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. Wow. They joyfully accepted the plundering of their goods. Now, how many people can sit back and really enjoy that scripture? <laughs> I, wonder, I don't know about that now. You know, someone, you know, they take my stuff. You know, I'm not going to be happy about it. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. Now, how can they joyfully accept the plundering of their goods? Knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. In other words, their goal was not their goods. If your goods are your goal, you're not going to want anybody to plunder them. But if your goods are not your goal and you have a goal set higher than your goods, you'll be able to endure more than those that their goods are their goal. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Everybody say confidence. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. This morning, we're going to be talking about confidence. Confidence has a great reward. You need to understand that. Confidence is just not there for you to feel better with. The very act of you have a confidence has a reward. You get the reward when something is accomplished, when something comes to an end. You know, you get the reward. You know the, the old cowboy movies, and you got the wanted posters, and there's a reward. You don't get the reward unless you go all the way through the end and accomplish that, okay? It says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. See, confidence in itself will create endurance. It will give you what you need to make it through the plundering of your goods. I know you didn't like to hear it that way. Let me say it this way. It might be more receptive. Confidence will give you the endurance to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling for what God's called you to do and where God's called you to go. 
And you won't be caught with the everyday circumstances of life because you're focused on what God's called you to do, not the world that you've established. I hope and pray the world that you have established is the, is the world that God wants you to live in. I hope and pray the things that you have, you have because they're helping you get to where God wants you to go. If you have something in your life that is not helping you get where you want to go, maybe you shouldn't have it. It might be a deterrent keeping you from where you want to be. Taking care of things you really don't even need to be taking care of because you're not even supposed to have them. You're supposed to be going this way. You're supposed to be focused on what God's doing in your life. Look what it says here. This is so cool. It says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now wait a minute. So confidence gives you endurance. Endurance is there so you can fulfill the what? Will of God. That you can fulfill the will of God. Most of us are looking for, quote, the promises necessary to manifest in the meantime. This verse is saying that there is a will of God that we're to walk in and we're going to need endurance. And confidence is a way for that endurance to walk in the will of God. So that once we've done this, the promises are on the other end. That we need to hang on to the will of God in our life so we can receive the fullness of the promises. Now, what we need to understand is that there's, uh, as we read here where it says endurance, that confidence produces endurance. Turn with me to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. Not the book of John, 1 John. 1 John chapter 5 says this, verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have. So he's expressing the confidence. He's talking about the confidence that he has. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. So our confidence isn't in what we can do. Our confidence in what He can do and what He's already done. Remember last week we said you you magnify God in what He's done. You'll see what He's doing. You see what He's doing? You'll see what's yet to happen. You'll see where where He's taking you. You magnify God in what you know you can magnify Him with. You'll see what He's doing. And once you see what He's doing in the now, you'll see what He's determined in the future. The way that you can see the future is by you magnifying what He's already done in the past. You make Him larger. You you thank Him. You you bless Him. You tell people. You overcome the enemy by the uh, the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You magnify God. You tell people how you were saved, how He's changed your life, what He's done in your life, where you could have been. Remember, last week we talked about thanking God for the things you didn't know that He's even done. You know that there's things happened in your life that you're not, I mean, you could be a whole lot worse off than what you are 
if God wouldn't intervene in your life. I tell you what, there are so many grandmothers that are praying for each and every one of us. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be the person. My grandmothers prayed for me. Anybody have a praying grandmother that kept you out of the pit of hell? Yeah. Somebody's been praying for you or you'd be a mess. It's not because of your prayers, I guarantee you that. And it's not because of my prayers. Somebody else has stood in the gap in my life. Made a difference. Don't ever think your life is done. I can't wait to be a grandfather. I am still going to make an impact. Amen? But it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears it. And if we know that He hears us, in other words, that's our confidence in that knowing. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know uh, that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Now here's the whole key of that scripture. If you have confidence, you're going to ask. It's that simple. One of the fruit of you being confident... Okay, here, here's the test. What do you call it? The litmus test? You know, the, here's the test. Check your life. Are you asking God anything according to His will? First of all, do you know His will? It doesn't say just ask anything. It says ask you according to His will. So that means we need to know what His will is. Are you asking according to the will of God? If you're not, you're not confident. Because confidence, the outcome of confidence is you asking. In other words, see, if I'm confident in my Father, and I know who's, who lives and breathes inside of me, and I know the power of God. I, I, I'm confident when I lay my hands on people, I'm praying according to the will of God. I know it's God's will for them to be well. I know it's God's will for, for deliverance. I know the, the power of the name of Jesus. If you're confident, you're going to ask and pray according to God's will. And if you're confident, you're going to be doing that more and more. The more you do it, the more confident you are. Oh, what if it doesn't happen? What if it does? I like that. What if it doesn't happen? Oh, what if it does? Oh, come on. I'm not worried about scaring people. They're already scared. Mm. Asking is a byproduct of confidence. Talking to God is a byproduct of being confident about God. There are so many different aspects. We're not going to talk about them all today, but, but uh, turn with me book of Psalms for the sake of time. Psalms 37. Confidence. You know, I guess I could use the football season. I don't know if we can really do that. It's coming up fresh. And, um confidence produces fruit when you're confident your attitude changes have you ever uh, th this has happened just a couple times in my life where I've known the outcome of something before someone else has and they were somewhat confident in what they knew and I knew the outcome was different and I bet them on the knowing the outcome already and they were confident that they knew what it was, but they didn't know what I knew because I'd already seen it. They didn't know it had already been played. 
Well, I won the bet. Why? I was confident. I knew. I had knowledge that they didn't have. And see, knowledge was what produces confidence. Knowing, the scripture says in, in 2 Peter that everything that pertains to life and God has already been given us through the knowledge of. The scripture talks about those people that, have, that are ignorant of the will and way of God. Problem is, most people in church are ignorant of the will and the way of God. The more we learn, that's the importance of teaching in a teaching ministry, is for you to grow in the knowledge of the will and way of God so we can be confident and be people of faith. See, when you're confident, things begin to change in your life. When you're confident, you carry a different attitude than everybody else. You're not asking the question, am I going to make it? You're confident you already have. You don't have to... So when, I've, when I've ministered into deliverance and things like that, I'm not asking the question, will this work? I know that it will work. I've cast out demons. I've felt them in the... In the in, I'm not going to tell you the stories, but anyway, we'll go on. I mean, you know that the, the victory is already ours. It's not a battle going on between heaven and hell. That battle's already over. And there never was really a fight. God never struggled with the devil. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you know, it really wasn't a struggle for God. It's really, the battle's not going on between good and evil. You know, there, there can be such a, we need to see confidence is going to produce a character, a, a, an atmosphere about yourselves. And we're going to talk about one thing that when you know you're confident will come out. You've probably never heard this in church. This is going to be fun. When you're confident, laughter manifests. Laughter manifests. Throughout the Bible, God has given us instructions, whether it was under the Old Covenant or New Covenant. God has always wanted us to be like Him. Be ye holy, for I am. See, He wants us to be like Him. In the Old Covenant, He wanted us to be like Him. He said uh, He was mad at the enemies, and He told His people to go kill His enemies. In the New Covenant, He said, love your enemies. Why? Because we're supposed to be like God. We're supposed to, he's loving people that were enemies with him. New covenant, different. You know what I'm saying? It makes a difference. Thank you for new covenant. So throughout the word, he's always wanted us to be like him. Look what it says right here. Oh, I don't have it. I haven't turned there. Someone's been talking. <laughs> Someone read Psalms 30, uh, 37, 13. Somebody real quickly. The Lord laughs at him because he sees his days coming. In other words, the Lord knows the end result and laughs at the enemy. You're not ready for this. I want to show you how good that is. The Lord laughs at the enemy because he knows the end result see the Lord is confident of the end result and in the meantime the Lord laughs and if you read this Psalms you can read in there and find out what it's talking about the enemy's trying to do this and the enemy's trying to do this and I can see the picture of the Lord sitting back going <laughs> see when you're confident you begin to laugh 
because you're not ignorant of the word and you know the word. But you need to know what the word is. See, see, what we need to do in life is practice and be like God. Just as much as it says, be holy for I am holy, we need to begin to laugh at the things, the enemies speaking to us that does not line up to the word. You realize the devil's never going to tell you what lines up. He's never going to tell you that you're loved and accepted by God. You realize that? He will tell you that you're no good. You know what your response needs to be? <laughs> Next time the, the devil says something to you that's not in line with God's word, you know what you need to, how you need to respond? You don't need to say, in the name of Jesus, get behind me, I'll rebuke you. You know what you need to do? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just like so, cause someone, you know how heavy something is, and someone says, I can lift it, and you know they can't. <laughs> you know, uh, you just say, oh, I can lift it, and you go, huh. and it's like that same, you know what I'm saying, you get that same, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, go try. <laughs> they get down there, they can't lift it, right? And inside you're going, oh, <laughs> you just don't let it out, maybe you do. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. But, you know, so, so there are some lies that devil have been telling us that we need to laugh at. And so what I've begun to do in my life is begin to laugh at them. Oh, you'll never have a church of 500. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> it really does make me laugh. You know, it's like, oh, you're washed up. <laughs> oh, he tried telling me I was too old. <laughs> Frank, that was funny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you better think it's funny. <laughs> you see, what's already starting to happen? What, what, what's some, what, what have you been listening to? What's some, uh, this is crowd participation. There's not thousands of people. We're not on TV. You know, so I mean, what's, what's, what's something the devil's been telling you? Is somebody in here. Come on, make it quick. Come on. Too poor? Too poor. Anybody have those things you don't have enough money? Does anybody have... Raise your hand if the devil's told you you don't have enough money in life. Raise your hand. <laughs> Y'all really need to do it again. You need to do it better than that. The devil's told you you don't have enough money, but the Bible says everything that pertains to life of God has already been given to you according to his riches and glory. Now, what are you going to believe? Now, who, has, who doesn't have enough money? <laughs> you need to laugh at that. Somebody else, someone per Say something, just someone tell me, uh, maybe. What about living with sickness? <laughs> you know, I don't have to live with sickness. No, it's a lie from the pit of hell. And see, I'm confident that we don't have to live in sickness. See, if you're confident about it, something's going to manifest inside, and the first thing that needs to come out is not like, oh, woe with me, I've got to live with sickness. But if you're confident, you're going to laugh at a stupid idea. <laughs> Why would you live with sickness when Jesus died on the cross, bore all your sins, paid the price, and healed every transgression you'll ever come and drop with your life? Why would you put up with anything left? It's laughable. It is a joke. And what do you do with jokes? You laugh at it. What's, an, what's another? So, someone tell me something. Someone tell me. You'll never get a good job. You'll never get a good job. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. 
How many people know that God is our source? It doesn't matter what you do. You need to begin to laugh at what the devil's telling you. Young people, the devil's telling you something. All the parents said, amen. What, what's the devil telling you? Somebody tell me something. Something else. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Not, or tall enough. Not strong enough or tall enough, right? Oh, that's laughable. I mean, it's not, it's not according to your strength anyway. It's the strength of God. You, you, you realize that Samson was not a muscle man? He, didn't, he did not show muscles. He was not... They, that's why the Bible says that they didn't know where his strength came from. See, if he had muscles, they would know where his strength came from. Oh, he worked out. But see, he didn't have any muscles. His strength came. Now, now I've seen this man without a shirt on and wet. But Samson's strength didn't come from his muscles. It came from the Word of God. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. To, live, to, to, to think God is going to be limited in your life because you're not strong enough. Oh, that's funny. Somebody else. Somebody else. Come on. I, I, know, I, I know the devil's talking to people because we're listening. God can't use you. Oh, that's funny. Y'all need to be laughing at this. You know, you need to be laughing. Remember what the scripture says about, you know, standing next to someone that's going through something? You need to get around people and laugh at the lies the devil's been, you know, telling them. You're not restricted to your past. There's other lies that we've been listening to. Church, we need to laugh. I know enough about some of you in here. I could call out some things that you've been listening to. You mean do that? But you need to laugh. You need to learn to laugh. Why? Because you're confident that you know that God's word is finished. You're confident that you know that God loves you. You're confident. And how do you get confident? By learning more and more every day what He's done for you. By hanging around people. Don't be, out there, don't be out there by yourself trying to do stuff. Hang around people that are confident, full of faith. Learn to laugh at the lies of the devil. I really, I really hope someday we have a laugh session. And we just begin to call out things. And someone stands up and says, The devil's been telling me that... that you know, maybe I'm not strong enough. And everybody joins in and laughs at the same time. You know, someone else stands up. The Lord, the devil's been telling me that, that I'm never going to be married. And everybody laugh at that. Oh, that's so funny. You know, or, or because I've been divorced, I'll never be happy. Oh, that's really funny. You know, there's all kinds of lies that we listen to. We need, the, listen, we need to be so confident about the Word of God, we need to laugh at the devil. That's something you can do. Instead of just ignoring it and walking past it, laugh at it. It does something to you on the inside. 
You ever, you, you ever been in a group where someone starts laughing and it's just not funny, but they laugh long enough, pretty soon you start laughing? <laughs> Laughter is contagious. Yeah. You ever see those little babies laughing <laughs> on TV? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Pretty soon you're cracking up. You're on the floor. We've been in meetings before. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not just talking about meetings. We've been in whole revivals where the spirit of laughter hit the church and people are f stuck to the wall. They're twirling for 10 minutes in a, like helicopters in the front. They're, they're sliding off the chairs. People are cracking up and no one said a thing. I've seen a, a friend of mine, Nigel McNeil, stand up and just, just stand up like this and people start laughing. And it's not because he was funny looking. Well, he's from Australia. He's, he's from Australia, New Zealand. But you know, and people, the spirit of God just hit the place, and laughter just began to take over. Uncontrollable. We're in meetings in a church in St. Cloud. Two weeks of that every night of the week. People were taking their vacations to come in the morning to experience the presence of God. We had to we. True story. We had to have taxis come and take people home because they couldn't drive. True story. Taxi driver came in and couldn't drive. <laughs> you know what his name is? Doug Driver. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's really his name. He's a taxi driver. Named Doug Driver. <laughs> That's cool. Two weeks, nonstop, every night. Most religious people broke the back of the church. I don't mean, I'm, I'm talking about in a negative way, but made a, it made a spiritual impact on that group of believers, on that community, and things begin to happen. Power of God. The joy of the Lord is our? It's your strength. But we're not laughing. We're not enjoying the Lord. I tell you what, learn to laugh at the devil. Tell you what, things are going to happen in this congregation, in this place. Do you think this is here by accident? If you do, <laughs> what are you looking at? You're not looking at what I'm looking at. You know what I'm saying? You're not looking at what I'm looking at. You know the there's I'm not even forget my. You know there's a story where, in the Bible where, and I'll do it in a in a very generic form, where this person was alongside this other person and they were all scared because there were so many Philistines out there and, and there were so many people coming against them in chariots and everything and it's like oh poor us poor us we're gonna die. And simply the man of God asked God to open the eyes of his armor bearer. Let him see who's for us and who's against us. And all of a sudden, he saw in the realm of the Spirit thousands upon thousands upon thousands of chariots that he didn't see. See, they're always there. See, what, you, what we need to be doing right now is not looking. Matter of fact, I'm glad these extra chairs are out. <laughs> I'm not looking at these chairs. I'm looking here. How many are for us? It doesn't matter matter what weapon formed against you. None of it will prosper. Amen. 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 
we need to laugh at the devil. We need to laugh at our vain imagination that doesn't line up to God's word. We need to laugh, laugh, laugh. Marilyn Hickey's church is called the happy church. They laugh because they're so confident about the word of God. They know that they know that they know that Lazarus has come forth. The word has got little feet on it and it's coming out. The words are going to begin to manifest that have been spoken in the past. And the word, we're going to be, see, you know what happens when you, you honor the words of the past? You receive the words of the future. When you're responsible for what's been given, you'll be responsible for, that's a principle of the kingdom. If we're not responsible for that, do you think we're going to get any more? No, I don't think so. 